Hey guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. If it's your first time here, I'm Lauren and this is Liam. Hello. And we have a pretty fun episode today, if I do say so myself. First yeah. off, do men want funny, rich women? Perhaps not, much to all of our surprises. Then is fantasy racist an ongoing debate seems to imply yes? Yes, it is. We'll share our thoughts on that. So first off, Rebel Wilson is a comedian slash actress. I'm actually a pretty huge fan of hers. I think she's pretty funny. She's been in Bridesmaids. Uh, gosh, she's what, what else has she been in? Pitch Perfect. She's Fat Amy. She's been in quite a few stuff, a few things. Okay. Yeah, you're looking at the wrong guy when you're looking at like, what movies is this person? I'm like, listen, first yeah. of all, movies, and then second of all, Fat female, fat female comedians. Like, I, that's not... <laughs> not the, your thing. All the right. Venn diagram, I'm not on it. Yeah. Right? Um, so she recently gave an interview with Independent about a new, I think, Amazon Prime series she's in. But she ended up talking about how her career has affected her personal life in a pretty interesting way. And there's some things she mentions that we would we would like to talk about. So she says, I've come across a weird thing romantically. I've often been interested in funny men, but funny men are never interested romantically in funny women, never. And I don't quite understand because people always say they value a sense of humor in a person, but yet when a woman is funny and she trails off and the author of the piece also puts in, and yet there's also the tired misconception that women aren't as funny as men. So before we even go into the relationship, stuff i want to discuss are women as funny as men your thoughts i know it's it might be hard because i'm so I, like i'm i'm pretty funny i mean i don't mean to toot my you are very funny horn but, oh you are yeah you are. i appreciate your humor thank you um do you like how natural that sounds i appreciate like uh, i'm like a lawyer right now like uh, how do i navigate this yeah this isn't scripted by the way i'm letting yeah. him say whatever you want um no i i like it it's not like you know i i have heard women women say that what one of the things they look for in a man is a sense of humor yes it's not on my list at all like it's not there oh. i mean unless the sense of humor is you laugh at my jokes yeah i find liam okay. very funny that was one of the things i noticed first about you see there you, you go funny. i it's like a happenstance in our relationship that you're funny and it's nice it's yeah. great it's cool it's uh, you know it's but it's like but then it's like, not there psychologically but wouldn't it, if you're going to have, if you're looking to choose a mate and you're going to be spending a lot of time with this person, presumably your entire life, doesn't it make sense for you to want a girl who is funny? Like, don't you want to be laughing when you're with your girlfriend? Uh, well, I, I give myself plenty of things to laugh about that's all the time. That's true. He does laugh at his own jokes. That's Sometimes that's, I, I that's do. Yeah, it's, it's true. Uh, yeah, that's definitely. So I, I've got plenty of material yeah, to go off okay. of. No, I, I mean, I don't know. Yes. It, to answer your question. Yeah. Sure, it Women would be can't. it would be a good thing if you if your partner is funny, but but like I said, it just doesn't it's not part of the, the male equation in my experience. I don't think that many of us think when we're looking for a partner that funny is high on the list. Yeah, right. What There's would, a lot of other things that come first. Like what? Um, well, one um, intelligence, attractiveness. Um, uh, I think like having a good sense of morals. Mm -hmm. um, Things like that, those come way before the, uh, like, funny. Right. I mean, even even like their ability to socialize is like secondary to me. It's like, it's like, it's, you know, uh, I can make do. Yeah. If the other things are there. Okay. But do, do you, as a, just a, a gender, do you find women funny? Because this is something that's pretty contentious. And I know even like I've given my takes on comedians before and our audience is overwhelmingly male. 
most of the times when our videos get like ratioed or downvoted more, it's because you all disagree with my opinion on a comedian. So mm. my take is that women can be funny. It's just that men and women tend to find different things funny on average. Uh, yeah. Well, we have yeah. different senses of humor just well, it just speaking. makes sense because there's there is a social barrier between men and women based yeah. on like our lived experiences as different sexes. Mm -hmm. um, that we so I could understand women liking female comedians more. I definitely, I don't know that I've found a female comedian that I'm like, yes, I want to listen to this material. Yeah, like there are women that I enjoy talking to and they're funny, but I'm not like I've never watched a full female comedy special. Yeah. Never once. And there are reasons for that. But I also don't think that comedy is necessarily the same thing as being, being funny. funny. Yeah, like, that's like, you true. know, so there, there, is, there is a difference. There. That is true. I, I know so many female friends that are hilarious. That's one of the things that I, I love in my female friends. But there aren't that many female comedians that I'm huge fans of. So that that's yeah. fair enough. Uh, but the interview continues with Rebel Wilson saying, I mean, God, when Australian comedian Hannah Gatsby had her Netflix special, a lot of male comedians were criticizing that. She says, OK, it wasn't just male comedians criticizing Hannah Gatsby. I'll just say that first. But she says, I've been lucky. I felt like I moved to the U.S. at a good time for female comedy. Bridesmaids was a pretty much all-female ensemble and crushed it. The Pitch Perfect franchise and again pretty much an all-female ensemble where everybody puts in for the laughter and gets laughs. She experienced something else though. Men being intimidated by her. She says, I feel like I'm the nicest most down-to-earth person. She says sounding genuinely a little despondent but you can see it in their eyes. They get very intimidated and I don't know why. Do they think I'm gonna make a joke about them at the BAFTAs or something? I don't know. I think the psychology behind it, she concludes, is that comedy is power. If you've got the ability to make people laugh, you have an interest, sorry, an inherent sense of power with that. And sometimes men feel uncomfortable with women having that. But of course, women have always been funny and talented. Maybe mm. that's scary. So it's just men just hate powerful women. Right? Yeah. See, no, to me, no, that's not the case at all. But what is the case here is I can understand a man being intimidated by a woman that is very assertive and yeah. knowing that he's got very little recourse in today's society to deal with that, right? If a man is being very assertive with you, it's very easy to deal with, right? I mean, it's contentious always, but that's okay. Like there's, there's a set parameter that's socially acceptable to some degree and varyingly, you know, can escalate to points where it's not acceptable, of course, but, but you know, it's, it's a lot easier for us to deal with. But when you have, um, you see it all the time, like the, um, you know, the redheaded feminist chick just starts yelling at you. It's like, what What really do you have to, what is What? What is the recourse here? Right. And and I can understand getting those vibes from someone like her, even if they're, I'm, I'm sure she is a nice person. Actually, I don't know that, but I'm, I'm willing to acquiesce that. Um, but I could still understand, I mean, that there would be some level of them being like, what do I do if this person does pop off? Well, I, I think the, the issue here is that, well, she's funny and that's great. I don't think men are necessarily intimidated by her being funny because again, as a very, very funny person, I've, I've never experienced that. Um, I think the issue here is that she is a very outgoing and probably assertive person just to be able to get where she is. You probably yep. need to be to a certain degree. And I find that maybe coupled with her very successful career i i find that it confuses modern women that men don't want the same things in a partner that they do but mm. it's true right like if you are a rich successful funny man do you necessarily in a partner want to find a rich successful funny women woman 
Probably not, right? I'd imagine no. Right. And it's because, like, those men who are in those positions, when they can have anyone they want, they probably want someone who compliments them, i.e. someone who is able to maybe give them support instead right. of always being working themselves and, and stuff like that. And it's it's sad for these rich, successful female celebrities because, I mean, even Charlize Theron, she gave an interview not too long ago where she was kind of expressing similar sentiments, saying, hey, men are scared of me. They don't want to date me. Well, it's because men who are, I guess, your equals... They can have people who are younger, yeah. don't have their own careers. So they can dedicate more time to them. And it's like, you probably could date someone of like a lower social status, but you probably don't want to because you're yeah. hypergamous. Well, there, there's definitely that. And I think that there's also a bit of a reverse hypergamy that happens with men to some degree. You know, there's, well, like a lot of men are uncomfortable. A lot of men are uncomfortable with their spouse making more money than them. That's true. Yeah. Um, uh, rationality behind it uh, i don't really want to get into that but that's just a fact of life and i think a lot of men might see it as emasculating as well yeah well it it, it i could see it as undermining the male identity to some yeah. degree um definitely so um I, I could definitely see that being a factor too like it, it goes both ways she might not want to date someone that has less money than them but at the same time i don't know about that because if you are as rich as someone like Charlize theron um you don't need that much more money in your life. I don't know how much the hypergamy no, still but works at that no, level. No, it absolutely still works. Because even if you don't actually need the financial security that a guy would bring because you have enough of it as your own, like as a woman, you would still, you wouldn't want to be, he could be the nicest guy, but Charlie's there and I'm sorry, she's not going to be dating a janitor, right? She's not. Oh, yeah, yeah. You want the the social status that like that's part of what women look for in a man the same way a man looks for a good looking woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know there are some guys who are gonna say, "Oh, women are so shallow." It's like both genders are shallow, like for sure, for sure. Yeah, well, when it comes to shallow. attraction, these are some very basic and primordial. Yeah, like men are working, looking right? to make sure that like your face looks good, ladies. That you're not too old, and yeah, ladies tend to look at men's either social or economic standing. And I'm not saying either one of those is like acceptable or that that shallowness is good, but let's be real, that is how that works. Okay, yeah, yeah no, I can, I can definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, so I guess ultimately a pretty sad place to be if you're Rebel Wilson. It doesn't sound like she's having too much success romantically if she's mm -hmm. kind of talking about this in an interview. And I guess if you are a, a woman who is really dedicated to your career and stuff like that, I'm not saying you can't have both a successful career and a successful romantic life, but it's maybe something to keep in mind that just because you as a female might think you're the total package that doesn't mean a man is going to see things the same way so kind of ask like what are you bringing to the table and what would men kind of on average want from a partner they're not necessarily going to meet up with what your expectations are next up is fantasy racist that's a conversation that apparently has been swirling online and because we are in 2020 the answer it seems is yes. Yes, it is. People seem to have a particular problem now with the different races. I think first, when we heard about racism and fantasy, it was like a lack of representation. People were talking about things like Game of Thrones having too many white people mm, or yeah. also stuff like The Witcher wasn't representative enough. Right. Or uh, Lord of the Rings. But now we're talking about orcs and how they are racist. And we have a great post example of this type of mentality. This person says, I'm in genuine awe that this crap came out for this edition of D&D. &D. 
holy crap. And here we have, I guess, a little instruction section about how to roleplay an orc. The game creators say, most orcs have been indoctrinated into a life of destruction and slaughter, but unlike creatures who by their very nature are evil, such as gnolls, it's possible that an orc, if raised outside its culture, could develop a limited capacity for empathy, love, and compassion. No matter how domesticated an orc might seem, its bloodlust flows just beneath the surface with its instinctive love of battle and its desire to prove its strength. An orc trying to live within the confines of civilization is faced with a difficult task. I mean, that's pretty much a dog whistle to white supremacy, right? That's According. definitely what they're what they're claiming. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, you could go into like, who's the real racist? Uh, why do you see them as black people? I guess. Well, but, actually, we will also be talking about yeah. that in this segment because I mean, I honestly before I started hearing about this this social justice thing on social media, I've grown up with things like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I never once thought while watching like, hang on that represents black people this is white supremacy they're trying to preach a message of racial superiority and honestly i i never thought that yeah i mean i have it's funny because that is a narrative i've heard from people on all sides of the spectrum at this point you have progressives saying they, they, they think the orcs are you know invaders invading the west and the west are white men defending uh, the borders of, right. of gondor or whatever it is at the time um, and some of the alt-right actually play into it. They're like, yeah, yes, they do. you're right. Well, it, it's awesome. That's what it means. I mean, yeah. I remember when the Black Gate opens in the third movie and they have to hold out for Frodo, right? Yeah. And then Aragorn says, stand, men of the West, right? <laughs> and everybody gets hairs on the back of the neck standing and you're like, all right, I'm ready to go, Aragorn. Let's go. Um, <laughs> no, I like the, the better part is where he quietly goes, for Frodo. Like that's <laughs> that's the more meaningful part in so, my opinion. Well. Yeah, that's why you're the woman and I'm and I'll be the guy that just, Whatever. you know, dies on the battlefield, I guess. But at the same time, like so both sides say, okay, there's a racial conflict here. Mm-hmm. Um while Tolkien, I think, saw that completely different and he is basically the originator of orc in modern fiction. Right. He actually wrote Lord of the Rings between I believe it was uh, 1937 and 49. Um so really in uh and after World War II, mostly. Right. Um, so the conflict at the time was really an internal conflict in Europe. It wasn't it was a, geopolitical. It wasn't racial, right? Yeah, not at all. I don't see it as that. And actually, I have a letter here um, that he wrote to his son about the nature of orc that I thought was actually interesting if we care about authorial intent. Mm-hmm. So here it is. So this is in a book called The Letters of J.R.R. Tolkien. It's edited by Humphrey Carpenter. So this is a passage from it. And he says, yes, I think the orcs are as real a creation as anything in realistic fiction, only in real life they are on both sides, of course. For romance has grown out of allegory, and its wars are derived from the inner war of allegory, in which good is on one side and various modes of badness on the other. In real exterior life, men are on both sides, which means a motley alliance of orcs, beasts, demons, plain natural honest men, and angels. So. It seemed very much to be uh, what is part of the problem, and I guess in fantasy now, it's an objectivist take as orcs are a manifestation of a mode of evil right. against a, a mode of goodness, the human nature, uh, men, the, the men of the West, in, in the case of Lord of the Rings, whatever it but is. But you can't have in their ideology anything objectively moral, right? So yeah. even if you have something like orcs, which in any type of media ha- have been portrayed as just these bloodlusting angry killers you're, you're gonna have these people thinking well hang on a second is this because of socioeconomic factors right <laughs> like they want to make everything not only relativist but also 
put their lens of reality onto right. things, right? And they, they insist on making things political. And it's gotten to the point now where I don't know if these people are just representative of the average D&D player or a, vo a loud vocal minority, but we've already seen that games like Magic the Gathering have bent the knee to them and they've actually pulled yeah. back some of their cards that have offended these people. Yeah, actually, uh, they removed at the start, I think it was seven cards. We'll mm -hmm. go through a few of them here to see what they, they were. Because um, some of these cards date back to the 90s, so it was definitely a different era. So the first card we're looking at here that has been banned by Magic the Gathering is Invoke Prejudice. I can and see why they wouldn't like that. I didn't I didn't even see it at first, honestly, because I, I don't view everything through a racial lens. <laughs> but obviously the card name is a little bit weird, especially because the card's in description has to do with matching colors. Yeah. But as you can see, the art here, you may have you may have noticed, it took me a while to pick it up, but the gentleman holding the battle axe has <laughs> a very clannish garb yeah. on. I mean, I think it's important to point out that these cards is not like saying like this is a good thing. This is a good thing to invoke prejudice and be like this clan looking dude with an axe. Right. Right. It's it, it could be very much that it is a bad thing. Right. And I mean, these are games that also have things like killing other characters. Right. I mean, oh, it's like, yeah. are they going to accuse it of promoting murder? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, maybe racism is higher up on their things of that are bad, so they're focusing on it yeah. first, but it just seems like a bit of a stretch. You could find total abominations in these cards, like, you know, things of, like, nightmarish kinds of things. It's like, that would be, in, like, an objectivist sense, that would be quite morally repugnant to have a, a mound of corpses <laughs> walking, like, you know, that's not good. That should be probably more concerning than the idea that they mention prejudice yeah right it's not even just it's not even a like a, not, like not yeah not saying that it's pro or con just saying and it's not prejudice. even racial prejudice no here's another card this one is a white card which means in magic the planes domain there's five domains in magic kind of a nerd. um a little bit i did play this game uh up until my teenage years um at which point i sold all my cards for vastly undervalued i sold them for six bucks they're probably worth like a thousand um so that was good this one here is called cleanse and it's all black creatures in play are destroyed. Now, in this game, black is the swamplands. It doesn't have to do with race. But right? even but, that, associating black with bad things, people would argue that that right. is racist. Yeah. We can't even talk about colors now, just in general colors, because racism. Yeah, exactly, because they've been conflated to, to black and white. But here, I thought it was this pretty um, inclusive almost, I thought, because there are two more planes cards here that are... Typically in adversity of each other. On one hand, you have Crusade, and it shows a bunch of Crusaders, and they're they're going off to battle, and all white creatures get a buff. The other one, on the other hand, it's another Plains one, because Plains is really the domain of men in this, and it's Jihad. So it's like Crusaders and Jihads, they're from the same place. Now we've all, we figured it out, and now we just do our respective things against the Swampland. Yeah. Right? Perfect. Yeah, Judeo-Christian and Muslim, just Abrahamic religions going <laughs> up against the uh, the swamp creatures. But no, and of course, I think by bending the knee to these activists, they're just opening opening themselves up for more criticism in the future. And we've also recently seen that D&D &D might be taking a similar path. So we have this article from Bounding Into Comics. In response to fan complaints about Dungeons & Dragons racial mechanics, principal rules designer Jeremy Crawford has indicated that the game's design team will be moving towards providing 
providing certain races with more acceptable narratives. It continues, when asked by a fan about the Drow, Vistani, and other troublesome races and cultures in Forgotten Realms, Crawford confirmed that the Drow, Vistani, and many other folk in the game are on our radar. He also noted that the Knolls, an anthropomorphic race of hyenas known for their savage culture and warlike ways, would also be receiving a similar treatment. He explained, internally, we feel that the Knolls in the MM are mistyped. Given their story, they should be fiends, not humanoids. In contrast, the Knolls of Eberron are humanoids, a people with moral and cultural expansiveness. So now if you're kind of confused as to what any of that just meant, basically we're seeing social justice critical theory being applied to Dungeons and Dragons mythology. So it's this made up thing being applied to this other made up thing, which is very confusing because it's just a, a cornucopia of things that are not real and that should not affect your life at all. Uh, but again, 2020, this is yeah. what we're all about here. And I, to go a little bit further, because there is the whole issue with, hang on, if you're the one who is seeing orcs who are low intelligence and just barbaric and violent and automatically saying, hang on, that's meant to be a black person. Aren't you the racist? Well, we actually have some responses from people who believe that. This one person says, what I did was point out parallels in rhetoric and language in describing orcs to language historically used to dehumanize people and justify colonial violence. There's a huge difference between that and I think black people and Latinos are orcs. Here we have like, it's just the moral relativism, right? Yeah. The problem historically with that kind of language being applied to black people or just non-white people in general is that they were people and it yes. didn't suit them the idea the takeaway is not that so it's always wrong forever to us for us to apply any sort of moral standards to a potentially dangerous foreign species like that's yeah. not even human it's like what about okay what about the hypothetical alien race that comes down but i think even more importantly is the way that i see it is that i and i think the way that tolkien meant it if that matters as we we mentioned is that orcs are supposed to be a manifestation of the evils of men. Right. You know, they are among us. They are part of us. And I think that it's it's right. It's righteous. And it should be um, coveted, the idea that we should be conquering the orcs within ourselves. You know, that we should, our, the, the better part of our nature should be winning. That's what I, that's what I want. And I'm willing to apply um any kind of language to say I would like to triumph over the worst parts of my being. But even the that, they would disagree with yes. that there is a worse part of our being. It's just different parts. Yeah, of no, our they being. would agree. Yeah. They would agree, and they would have a pro they have a problem with objectivism as a whole, and that's yeah. that's that's where some of the fundamental disagreements will just come about, I guess. And we also have this other person who says the problem with D and D orc racial classification. And I'm just gonna stop things right there automatically if you've ever written out those words together in a sentence the problem with dnd orc racial classification you need to examine your life choices right you need to think about where things have led you to at a point you're you're writing this seriously and just take a step back you know make some changes in your life do better and, and ponder privilege by yeah. the way because <laughs> that it, this is what you care about because if you are able to care about that to the degree that you do care about that you are in the top most privileged group of all time. Oh, for right? sure. And they say, it's not that orcs were necessarily designed to resemble black and or POC cultures. If there were a perfect world, we would just stop right there. Okay, mm. the racial intent is not there. Problem solved. But no, he says that the ideology of this group of sentient beings is unable to overcome the inherent animal nature of their bloodline is the same as IRL racism. Well, 
the reason why that was racist and wrong to say to other humans is because it's not true of humans, right? right? But maybe it is true of orcs. You don't know. Find an orc. Prove me wrong. You can't. They're mm. not real. That's how the author described them. So we yeah. have to take the author's word for it that the orcs were really like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I mean, it's like a wolf. You can't just domesticate a wolf. They have a problem with the idea of an inherent nature or anything to do with yes, bi- biology affecting behavior. Of course, they they're, like they're all pro-tabula rasa all the way. Yeah, which has been debunked many times. But uh, yeah, as someone who is a fan of fantasy and sci-fi, I worry for the future of these genres that do depend a lot just in general themes and storytelling on the concept of good versus evil because that's something that's unacceptable in this day and age and i don't know how much longer these stories are going to be with us if creators keep bending the knee to these online mobs you wouldn't believe actually this mob how crazy they are too right like it doesn't just stop with making orcs more human-like and you know okay the orcs are misunderstood and they're actually very peaceful uh if you don't take their bones from them (laughs) or whatever it is Um, No, I searched orc on Twitter and let me tell you, half of it is uh, very graphic, very disgusting um, adult stuff or whatever it is. I I realized I had that filter off apparently on Twitter. I didn't know that was a thing. Okay. Um, So why must we make everything into different types of porn? What is wrong with us as a society? I don't know, but we saved you from the worst of it. It was uh, it was difficult to get. I couldn't even believe that I could. I couldn't believe it. I still don't. It's uh, on that lovely note. I think we're going to leave things off. And as always, we would love to hear from you folks if you do play D or magic the gathering or just in general are a fan of fantasy do you have a problem with the way orcs are being depicted do you find a lot of people in the fantasy community have these views or is this just a small subset of very very busybody type of people who like karen's essentially just want to complain uh let us know but we will see you next time we hope you take care